Hello and thank you for listening to episode 154 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what, I'm still waiting for an intro. Like, we don't do that anymore. And I'm Tom. <laughs> right, ne- next month, mate, I'm going to have to think of an intro for you. <laughs> I'm, I don't, I'm, just, I'm not used to change. <laughs> I want it all the same. Supposed to be me. That's supposed to be the old gotcha, mate. It's like, I'm Dave and blah 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 blah. <laughs> Tom, and I was just waiting for that. And... You were waiting for that, and it didn't happen. I'm sorry, mate. I will get one ready for you. An introduction next month. Oh dear. Uh, this is, of course, the decade of decadence show for February 2019, and yes, we're back. We are back, and oh my god, I've got a few 80s related pieces of uh, stuff that I want to chew the fat over with you, mate. Yes, I've got a couple of bits or so. Mm. Ha- have you seen the Chucky trailer yet? The new trailer. I haven't seen the Chucky trailer. Like, no. I'm a bit. Oh, what's the point? You know, they're doing it like Don Coscarelli's doing a TV show. Mm-hmm. It, and like, I'll just watch that. Well, I said Chucky trailer. Even, God, to be honest, I don't even know if that'd be any good. The film's well, getting yeah. anyway. So it's yeah. like. I did say Chucky trailer. I should have said Child's Play. And because it's Chucky's not in it, it's Buddy. Buddy. Oh, they called it Buddy now. Yeah. No, I wasn't inspired. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, I might end up going to see it, like, with the old uh, Limitless card. But, uh, you know, like the TV show, as I say, like the last of Chucky film uh, a couple of years ago, it just wasn't very good. They're just mm. sort of, you know, gradually getting worse. I don't know what a TV show would do to improve things don't know what remaking it would do to improve things no the last one i really enjoyed was bride of chucky i liked seed well that was fine but Hmm. then then um that's when it started just like i think the one after that was fine and i can't remember how many more there was one or two but yeah the last one was didn't help that i couldn't remember anything from a previous film which seemed to be something you needed to do (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's never a good sign is it to begin with but you know we've got enough chucky films to to do us, haven't we? So yeah, of course we have. Of course we have. Go on, mate. I'll I'll swing it over to you. What have you got? Well, God knows how often we used to talk about this on Eighties Picture House. It was just one of the you know like you often if you ever hear listen back to the episodes and we talk about these like movies. Oh yeah, this is going to be made and so and so is going to be playing so and so. It never happens. Mm-hmm. But and one of them was the Dirt. Oh my uh, God! Yeah, the Motley Crew. Uh, biopic, um, you know, at one point Christopher Walken was playing Ozzy Osbourne and all this sort of stuff, uh, but Jeff Tremaine from Jackass and all that was always directing it, and somehow, all these years later, with him still directing, it's going on Netflix on March the twenty second, <laughs> and there's a tra- it, it, it's done, it's made, it's happened. And the trailer, have you seen the trailer for it? You know what, mate? I did break my own rule because I know I really well, want yeah, to watch this. Yeah, yeah, my rule, my trailer rule. That yeah, hundred percent want to watch this, but I had to watch the trailer. I had to. I just couldn't help myself. It looks good. It does. It does. I was watching it with a big smile on my face. I thought this does look good. Yeah, and Jeff Tremaine, he's been like obviously a passion project because he's managed to stay attached to it all these years. The guy who wrote it was the guy who wrote Airheads. So like, okay, that's uh, you know, at times it's not going to be you know like funny. I think they don't by the look of the trailer they don't stray away from the uh, you know the Vince Neil and uh, Hanoi Rocks uh, thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, like, 
Mickey Six overdosing and Tommy Lee's marriage and Mick Mars' um, spinal problems. But yeah, it looks good, and I like that it's not an all-star cast. I think that was I think that's going to benefit it. Definitely, yeah, it would have been a little bit. It would have just been that like off-putting, really, wouldn't it? It'd have taken your attention away if there was yeah. all-star names in it. Yeah, I think the like the biggest names is like the Doc McGee. He's been in Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Yeah, uh, the guy playing Doc McGee, obviously. Um, some guy at Saturday Night Lives um, in it, and um, Ramsey Bolton out Game of Thrones is playing Mick Mars. That is, you know, for me, that is like they're the only ones I know. So. Yeah, but yeah, a cast of lesser knowns is. Yeah, this could be good. Imagine if it is. <laughs> After all this time of waiting, mate. Oh, my God. Yeah, it better not let us down. Um, yeah, I... We've we've got two 80s-related gigs coming up. We've got one each. Cause... Oh, shit, yeah, I've got... Yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> you, and yours is... What is it, a, a week and a half away or something? It's a week on Monday. Uh, well, if this is coming on Sunday, it's a week tomorrow. Wow. <laughs> oh... Go on, tell everybody, just in case they're not sure, who is it that you Yeah, I don't know if I mentioned it like that we book this. Yali and I are going to the London Palladium to see Michael Bolton. <laughs> the London Palladium. Oh, my God. Again, long-term <laughs> Ace Pictures listeners will remember way back in the early single-digit episodes I chose Everybody's Crazy. And um, I think Dr. Tom um, and I discussed Soul Provider. Yeah, you did. Uh, uh, much later on. Um, so, yeah, yeah but long-time listeners to the OU's Picture House will know how long this has been a thing, and it's been longer than that. This has, like, been a 12-year-long ironic running joke. And uh... <laughs> Oh, you're going to have a blast. The Palladium as well. I picture you both, like, in tuxedos there. <laughs> oh, we got, there's not going to be many people that look like us <laughs> in that crowd. To fit it nicely. Yeah. I, oh, you've got to buy, like, merch. He's got to have, like, all sort of tour shirts and everything, surely. Well, I'll, I'll, I'm absolutely getting a shirt. Obviously, he has his new fragrance from women. This is... <laughs> um, if I see, can see, it's called Time, Love and Tenderness. Yes. Time? Now, hmm. I know love is the actual spray. Tenderness, I think's the shower gel. I can't remember what time is, or time's a shower gel, and I can't remember what tenderness is. It's him. It's him that rubs it, the shower gel onto you, mate. It is literally the <laughs> smell of Michael Bolton's gooch. <laughs> I just bathe in it. <laughs> oh, that'd be worth it's every be so penny. Weird. It's going to be so weird after all these years. It's just like, but like, it's like, is this where the joke ends now? Oh, no, I think this is just the beginning of a, a beautiful journey that you're going to take with him. It's like, would I want to see him live again? It's just like, I don't know. We'll, yeah, we will see uh, a week on Monday. I can't believe it's come around and it's actually going to happen. Oh, yeah, because I remember when you got the tickets. So this is, this is yeah, it's come around really quickly. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your gig? Well, mine's at a far less illustrious place. Definitely not the London Palladium. It's the Manchester Academy. And I'm going to see Rock Goddess there in three weeks, who I haven't seen in a long time. I did that show uh, that was released a week ago with Jodie Turner. And yeah, yeah, I'm going to go there and watch them. So that'll be that'll be cool. I love it. Bands that I sort of grew up with that I can still go and watch. And I've got, I've got Kiss in May as well, of course. Oh, yeah, you've got the big Kiss there. Yeah, I've got three gigs with them in May. No, tell them what am I about? Not May, July. 
Oh, July. Yeah, it's July. Beginning of July. So that'll be good. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll have some gig stories between us on the next episode. So that'll be yeah. fun. I'm particularly <laughs> looking forward to what you've got to say about Michael Bolton. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If anybody's going, I'd love to hear if anybody listening is also going. <laughs> watch watch out for Tom. He'll be the one squeaking loudly in excitement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you see any underwear going on the stage, it's mine. <laughs> it's yours. <laughs> Go on then, mate. What else have you got? Uh, the only other 80s late bit is, well, God, this has just come out yesterday. No, this is morning. Yeah, this morning, I think it was. Or late last night. You know what? It doesn't matter. This <laughs> is going out on Sunday. It doesn't matter when I heard it. Um... And this is what this, this could definitely be filed under one of those things of did this will this ever actually happen? But um, again, it's attached to Netflix, so it's probably got a bit more heft. Um, there's going to be a Hulk Hogan movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a Hulk Hogan movie that will not detail how racist and horrible a human being he is, <laughs> and will just focus on the rise of Hulkamania and how he got big in the 80s so it's going to be like an 80s set film and chris hemsworth in a very charitable bit of casting will be playing hulk hogan <laughs> as a young man it's <laughs> like chris hemsworth he's a handsome man yes let's and hulk hogan, like if just search hulk hogan young or 70s uh no <laughs> definitely no chris hemsworth <laughs> no so um good grief it's a good get for netflix um yeah Hogan's producing a guy called Eric Bischoff who ran WCW um, the wrestling company that went out of business in 2001 and his mates of Hogan's producing it so it's not it's going to be it's not going to be a like this guy did steroids this guy's fucking racist or this guy's horrible it's, it's going to be a very positive you know revisionist history version of Hulk Hogan so <laughs> No glow sticks, no Chinese. Oh, Chinese. You know what, mate? I was going to say, every time I like think of Hulk Hogan or see him on the TV, I always think back to 80s Picture House. And every episode, it went on for months, that <laughs> you, you were doing a new update on Hulk Hogan and what happened with him eating Chinese. And he's... <laughs> That whole thing was huge, and they made a documentary out of like me, you know, like this thing I've had with. It's on Netflix. It's about because obviously he was, you know, if it wasn't for that, Gorker wouldn't. Would just be that horrible website, like, like obviously I'm not condoning Hogan's like what he said, but like, if that leaked by Gorker, Gorker would still be about. Yeah, so that's true. Yeah, it's Hogan responsible that horrendous website shut down. So, wow. yeah, so that thing that we were taking the piss out of all those months actually <laughs> was a huge thing so, uh, <laughs> about privacy. And, you know, as, as I say, on there's a Netflix document. I can't remember what it's called, but it's on Netflix. Oh, my word. But, um, yeah, Jesus. Talking of Netflix documentaries, hmm. nothing to do with the 80s, this at all. Um, and I imagine a lot of people have watched it. I can't, I don't, and I've had a conversation, I've had conversations with it about this documentary with so many people. Christ, I might have even had one with you last month about it, and I can't remember. Abducted in Plain Sight. Oh my God. We watched yes, it. We watched it, uh, I think it was earlier this week, actually. <laughs> it's, oh, I loved it. Um, I thought, is that the right thing to say? I don't know, because the subject yeah, matter. Just, yeah, yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible, yeah. But my God, it's like it was. It was it twenty two minutes when it's just like the dad and what goes on in the car. Oh, oh, 
I, you know what? It's oh God, it's one of those documentaries that you think you know how it's going to go. You know from the title, <laughs> and you read the synopsis, and you think, oh, okay. The synopsis is brilliant oh, in how it gives nothing away. Nothing away. And you go, okay, so the subject matter obviously is really sensitive and, you know, grim. And <laughs> But I want to, you know, I'll watch it anyway, like documentaries. And then it just, it takes a left turn, and you think, what the fuck? And then, just as, before you've even finished saying what the fuck, it sort of takes another left turn and then does a donut and then takes a hard right and you're hanging on because you've got no idea where it's going to go next. It's crazy. And it just sinks ever deeper and darker, doesn't it? It's like you just I just started shouting and screaming at the screen and I never stopped until the credits rolled. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just like it was one of those. It's just like, oh, um, how far in, like if you ask them, oh, how, they're watching it, oh, like, how far in are you? And they say X amount of minutes. And you can just so you can easily just say, yeah, it gets weirder. <laughs> no matter how far you are into it. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's oh, absolutely yeah. crazy. And I know, like, it's been great. Like, so many people have watched it. But um, it's just insane. Uh, the, the latest meme I've seen of it today is, um, and this isn't a spoiler, uh, but it's got a photo of Meatloaf. And it says, I would do anything for love. Then a photo of a dad. Then another photo of Meatloaf <laughs> saying, but I won't do that. <laughs> Oh dear, yeah, it was. It, oh, it, it just had me hooked all the way through. Yeah, and it like, is. Like I don't. Oh, go on. I'm just gonna say, I think it is one of those. I don't think anybody can watch it without at least thinking, "What the fuck?" As you're watching it, you really can't. No, it's just mind blowing. It's absolutely mind blowing, and like I just like that. The synopsis, the blurb on Netflix, just says a uh, something like a neighbor abducts a neighbor's daughter twice, hmm. and that's just enough hope. The titles are right, clunker as well, which is a sort of red herring. Yeah, it sounds like something that's on Channel Five in the afternoon or something, or like it just doesn't sound great. The title, and in the end, the fact that. The, the girls abducted twice is probably the least interesting thing it about it. And that's the thing that's hooked you into it. You're going, how the hell did she get abducted twice? And like you said, that, yeah, that's nothing compared to everything else that's going on. If it was a script, if it's a script that landed in front of you, you'd think, nah, no, nobody's going to buy that with all of that happening in it. And yeah, it's real life, absolute mental stuff going on. Really crazy. Yeah, just America. <laughs> in the 70s in the 70s unreal unreal yeah. yeah um yeah i've got well i've got one thing left but i think it's a thing that we're sharing List yeah i was going to suggest um well you say what it is and i was, I was going to suggest how we do it if, unless you specifically want to do it or no 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 I've, I've got no specific way how i want to do it mate i'm good it's um well it's michael oglesby our esteemed webmeister uh, after listening to us talk about Stone Cold and mm. and watching it, as quite a few people did, and tweeted how much they loved it. I mean, how, again, how can you not love Stone Cold? Come on. It the is boss. A, oh. The boss. The boss. Did tweet him a few tra times, tried to get him, you know, to come on the show. To... Does this talk about fucking football? No one cares. Oh. Oh, I know you probably care, but... <laughs> <laughs> Talk about your amazing bad films. Yeah, stuff. I said, come on, let's talk about Stone Cold. Come on the show. I don't know. Maybe he wants to forget it. I don't know. But I'm we... tough bastard. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. 
So, yeah, if anybody's out there and knows him. What's just... miserable bastard? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. No, we've got no chance of getting him on now. That's... <laughs> yeah. Get the shit out of But, yeah, Michael wanted us to give him more suggestions. And, in fact, he said, can we put together our own top ten list of films, action films, so bad they're good? Well, I haven't done that. I've done ten bad, good action films. But, like, we have spoken at length about Shotgun, Mm. Miami Connection, um... Samuel, fucking hell, blanked on Samuel Cop. <laughs> Samuel Cop. So I have done a list that includes none of the obvious so bad they're good ones. Oh um, my god! So yeah, which was why I almost shat myself when I thought uh, my lap, I'd restart my laptop without saving it because I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not going to remember. I think for the most part, they're pretty much ones that I haven't, we haven't talked about on 80s Picture House either. There might oh be a couple of god. exceptions. I've tried to, and they're not all 80s. So um, yeah, all of mine are not 80s. Yeah, so um, I was thinking, I don't know, have you, and, then, and also this list isn't in any order. No, mine um, isn't, no. So if, did you want to do your number 10 and then I do my number 10? and then? Yeah, we can do. I, I did include the ones that we've talked about because I thought, well, there's ones that I'm going to have to put in the list, you know. Yeah. Um, I mean, because there is the Holy Trinity, as I refer to them, of which, you know, I'll start, I'll, well, I'll kick us off with Samurai Cop. I mean, that is part of the Holy Trinity of... Yeah. Action films so bad they're good, but, um, but but this is like so bad it's absolutely fucking awesome. You know everybody's going to watch Samurai Cop. Surely there's people that listen to us that every, everybody's seen Samurai Cop by now. There's not people yeah. out there that haven't. Come on. And if if there are people out there that haven't, oh my god, you're in for a treat. Just watch Samurai Cop. So yeah, that's. Um, You'll know my first three straight off the bat, mate. But yeah, we'll we'll ping pong back and two between each other, shall we? And like, I think Michael's seen Samuel Cop, and I think Michael probably would have seen the first one I'm going to mention, which is RoboCop Three. Oh, yeah, good choice. Yep, one that I like. RoboCop Two, I could take or leave. Obviously, RoboCop. I'm like, of course, classic. RoboCop Two could take or leave it. RoboCop Three, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Just going, trying to be a bit more family friendly, like the great Fred Decker directs it, but um, it, it's still a lot of fun. It is, it is it's fun, rubbish, but it's uh, it's a lot of fun. You've made me want to watch it now. I haven't seen it in so long that I want to watch it now. <laughs> so you've already done your job, mate, on your first pick. Um, I, well, the, the second of the Holy Trinity is, of course, Shotgun, starring you know. They were good, dearly departed friend, yeah. Stuart Chapin. I mean, that is just oh, it, so quotable, so quotable and so watchable. And, you know, the added advantage of the, you know, the close relationship we got with the Chapin family as well. That that film just like means so much to us, doesn't it? And, and with the added bonuses, it's an amazing film. Yeah, that was a discovery and a half. Yeah. That movie, yeah, and yeah, where it led us all crazy. Yeah, that was a great journey we took. Yeah. Well, my next one is uh, from 2003. Oh, okay. And it's uh, directed by uh, the uh, recently departed Ringo Lam. It's Jean Claude Van Damme in hell. 
I'm now then I'm not sure if I've seen this. Is he in prison? It's a prison film, yeah. And I think He's during the in the ring, the shoe, and Lawrence Taylor, LT's in it. I'm pretty yeah. I have seen it. This it's is... just it's like I haven't seen it in ages, but like I was just think trying to think of some, and it popped into my head. I was like, yes, in hell. <laughs> it's just awful. He's visited by like the sort of ghost of Christmas past esque ghost of his wife he's <laughs> in some sort of butterfly form as well and it's just like yeah him grunting and groaning oh my god yeah I think I've prison in hell I've only ever seen it once and again you've immediately made me want to watch it again uh, well yeah no surprise here I'm rounding off the first three um, with Hard Ticket to Hawaii what kick-started 80s pitch house your your pick mate uh and as i just glanced to my side i've got a big poster of it on the wall in here uh yeah and we talked to eileen sadaris that there's an interview show coming up in the future at some point how great was she oh she was absolutely amazing and you you could pick any of the sadaris movies couldn't you really but hard ticket is the choice one and my god they're being released they're getting 4K remasked. Right? That's and so... Creeper, um, are, are doing it. Um, they're out, I think, April is when they're out. So... Yeah. Unbelievable. Like... Ugh, uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> why? But thank you. Thank you anyway, Milkrink, because yes. <laughs> yeah. Right, I'm going to the 70s for my next one. Oh, Okay. Man versus nature. The man is Christopher George, so you know you're in for a treat. Mm-hmm. The nature is a fucking bear in Grizzly. Oh, what a classic. <laughs> you're, you're saying you're going on about, um, re, you know, re-wanting to watch it. It's on Prime. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah, just, it's, it's like the scene where the bear kills the child. I know this shouldn't sound hilarious, <laughs> but it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's um yeah it's yeah it's in that whole like day of the animals and all of that and dogs and all that sort of 70s uh, you know the reaction to jaws basically like fuck let's get some animals <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah grizzly i think is a highlight of uh, that subgenre oh yeah it is oh mate again you're picking every i'm just repeating myself because every one you're picking so far is a film that I haven't seen for so long and love and that I just want to watch again. <laughs> I think you just sorted out the next month's viewing for me. Oh, oh, oh we're only halfway through. Oh, my like... God. God, Tina's going to kill you. You know that now. <laughs> Begin these. Well, that, between that and the link I sent you earlier, yeah, she will. Oh, Jesus, yeah, when you sent me uh, a, a link to the, all the, what was it, the cult films that were on Amazon? Yeah, some guys, is uh, there's a constantly updating list of all the cult movies. Yeah, you know I'm going to go through that list big time. <laughs> oh well my next pick is from 1985 and we have talked about this uh, but for anybody out there that might not be aware of it i cannot do a list without mentioning jim carter because when you <sighs> when you've got a real life athlete who works on he, he was on the what's it the pommel horse isn't it is it's sort of his, one of the things that he does and it is so ridiculous but the thing that really brought me into this film 
it goes so dark. There's this middle section where he visits this village in the middle and everything goes so weird. But it's all set up for him to use his real life um, powers as a gymnast. And yeah, which is molded with some martial arts, hence the name Jim Carter. So it's a gymnast doing martial arts and it is as stupid as it sounds. Hmm. Have you seen yeah. that? Have you seen that lately, mate? I, yeah. I, watched, um, I think I watched it last year, again. Yeah, that was one. Like I did it two, uh, two or three times, and um, I just couldn't get into it, on with it. I watched it on my own. I watched it with people, and I was yeah. just like, "Ooh, this, this this could split the listeners." Then I'd love to hear. Yeah, if anybody out there that watches Jim Carter for the first time, let us know what you think. Right, my next one's a PM Entertainment. Oh, you've got to go with a PM, mate. I've got some PM in here. It, it, oh, this is could be the only one where we clash. Um, it is the mighty Sam J. Jones in Maximum Force. Oh, I've got... Is that the one? Actually, let me look up. Yes. You've definitely got this one. It's I've, one of the main ones from John and Saxon. And I think that's the one... I've got my reading glasses on, so I can't see across at my shelves with the DVDs on. But I think that's the one that I got Sam Jones to sign when he was in Wrexham at the Comic-Con. Yes, I think that was, yeah. yeah. And Richard Lynch and Mickey Rooney, like, um, Sonny Landham, just, it's awful. <laughs> but, and it also includes the most half-assed walk away from an explosion ever. <laughs> okay, half-assed walk away from an explosion. Just a casual stroll. Oh, nice. That's, that's cool. That's been cool. Uh, next one, me, 1987. You mentioned it at the start, mate, about, you know, ones that are normally in lists like this. Uh, and, yeah, of course, I put it in my list. Miami Connection. Uh, a, a martial arts, again, a martial arts rock band goes up against motorcycle ninjas. I mean, come on. Does anybody need to know any more than that? <laughs> it is crazy, again. And it's on, and this is one that came out on Blu-ray as well. It's one I never thought I'd get a Blu-ray release. So yeah, anybody out there again? Miami Connection. So my next one. This is like uh, it's just pushing action. It's more like a crime movie than um, uh, action, and it's got a hell of a cast. Like James Coburn's in it, um, Michael Bean's in it, um, Talia Shire's in it, Peter Fonda's in it. But the main reason I picked it is because Nicolas Cage is in it. Oh, my God. And it is called Deadfall. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> this um, Vampire's Kiss, which was a few years earlier, was one of the early, like, oh, God, Cage is nuts, isn't he, movies. And he is absolutely insane in this. It's just bonkers. And it's directed by uh, Christopher Coppola, um, obviously Francis Ford's son. Hence, you know, the amazing cast. Oh, but, uh, yeah. This is one of those I've got on DVD, but it's one of those, you know, in the really thin covers and they're like about 10p at CEX. Yeah, that's how <laughs> It was one of those that I picked up. <laughs> and again, I got it just because, you know, Nick Cage. Cause, yeah, he is yeah. mad. You've got to. Mad. Yeah, mad Nick Cage is always worth watching. Uh, okay, next I've got... Well, you can't do a list like this, in my opinion, without having at least one film by Brian Trenchard-Smith. Oh, 
you know what I mean? I mean, you could go through his, all of his work as a director and just sort of play, you know, pin the tail on the donkey, you know, pin the tail on the awesome action film it would be. Uh, I've, got, I've got three of his films in this list, mate. And, uh, oh, God. 1988, Day of the Panther. Oh, yes. God, I haven't seen them in ages. Absolutely. I mean, crazy, bonkers. These are words I could just use for every single film that I've got on the list. Highly enjoyable, action-packed. I mean, Brian Trenchard-Smith, considering the budgets that he worked with, the yeah. stuff he put on screen. I mean, yeah, I could have picked Turkey Shoot. I could have picked loads more. I mean, just, like I say, just go through his work. Um, but what he does with the budgets he had uh, is incredible. And I think most of it is to do with just completely ignoring any health and safety rules that were out there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because uh yeah there seem to be quite a few accidents going on but damn it looks good and if accidents do happen he just normally keeps them in the film anyway so yeah 1988 day of the panther nice nice right like you say you can't have a one of these lists without brian fenshaw smith got one of these lists without godfrey ho oh yes and uh, this is undefeatable. Oh, yes. <laughs> Cynthia Rothrock. Yeah. Martial arts rapist. Don Niam in, like, the only film I've ever seen him in. With that huge mullet and his mad eyes. This film is bonkers. <laughs> I haven't seen that again. And I've got it on DVD as well. Oh, Yes. I can only remember little bits about it, but I do remember. But like you say, with all of his films, again, he's like Brian Trenchard-Smith, isn't he? It's just, you know what you're going to get. You do know what you're going to get. Unbreakable. Oh, my God. Well, you know what I'm going to follow up Day of the Panther with, don't you? Strike of the Panther. Strike of the Panther. It's, oh. it's companion piece, once again. <laughs> companion piece. <laughs> It is. I mean, what a double bill to watch if you've, especially, you know, friends and your drink of choice uh, and you've got an evening and you want to do a double bill, put on Day of the Panther and Strike of the Panther. Sit back and you can thank us later. That's all that needs to be said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh God, I want to do them now. That's what you <laughs> I'm like, I know that I've got them in those four packs Oh yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I've got a pile of them somewhere. I will have to dig through to uh, um, find them. Right, number three or the third one. This is uh, this is called the Rafe. Oh, Charlie Sheen. The Charlie Sheen, Sherilyn Fenn, Motorheads. Um, guy dies but comes back as a motorcyclist. Spirit Avenger. Randy Quaid's in it got a hell of a soundtrack oh god Clint Howard's in it amazing soundtrack if I remember right I remember buying this on X rental VHS way back when and the cover on it was amazing because it was um, oh I can't think of a better word than shiny but it, it looked <laughs> it looked better than it wasn't just a shiny cover it did look a lot better than that it was this I don't know there must be uh some sort of proper word for it but it was it was very striking it caught your eye you know which was a big thing obviously back in the vhs days when you'd rent stuff based on the you know on the cover and the artwork 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, it got it got a great a great cover to it. And it was a really good film. I remember not being disappointed by it. I'm not sure if I've got it on DVD or not. That's one I'm going to have to look at because if I haven't, that's going on my I need to buy list. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you're to blame again, mate. <laughs> Be as through the post. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I need to watch that again. Uh, well, I may as well say the third Brian Trenchard Smith film. I couldn't leave this out. And believe it or not, mate, I prefer this. This this goes above Day of the Panther and Strike of the Panther. And it's from 1975. It's an earlier one by him. And it's The Man from Hong Kong. Oh, with, yeah. With George Lazenby as... Uh, oh, <laughs> the fighting in this. And I mentioned earlier, you know, about... Um, like stunts going wrong. Oh, there's this fight. All I'm going to say is there's a fight, and George Lazenby's in there, and he's fighting this other guy. And there's a really big fire pit, right, in this room that they're fighting in. Things go a little bit tits up. And Brian just keeps filming, and you know this shouldn't be happening. <laughs> he just keeps filming, and it's still in the film. But this is absolutely fucking crazy. I laughed so much watching this. And it's, again, action-packed. But just... you, you It's hard to, to take in what you're watching. It's one of those that, as soon as it finishes, <laughs> you think, I'm going to have to watch it again, because did that really happen? Or didn't it? You know, you sort of question what your eyes saw. Yeah, highly recommended is The Man from Hong Kong. I can't even remember if I've seen that or not, but um, I will add it to a list on mm. my side. Um, right, my penultimate one. Again, it's like action. It's got action in it, so I'm fine. And as you mentioned, George Lazenby, I've got, he's, he's another Bond. Uh, Roger Moore teaming up with Michael Caine in Bullseye. <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't seen this since the VHS days. Yeah, they both played dual roles. It's just ridiculous it's utterly stupid silly like but when i met roger moore he, he, he what did he refer to he compared it to some absolute flop um which it was um what was that warren Beatty flop from the 80s oh Ishtar. 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 yeah yeah he compared it to that but it's i i can't help but love it <laughs> i can't remember I can't remember anything about it, to be completely honest with you, mate. I really can't. I know I've seen it, but I can't remember anything about it. Roger Moore, though, come on. That's, again, it's like Nick Cage, isn't it? You've got to watch it. It's Roger Moore. It's Roger Moore. Uh, okay, my penultimate one is PM Entertainment, of course. I had to have at least one PM Entertainment in here. Uh, it's from 1995. Uh, it stars Gary Daniels. Mm-hmm. And it's called Rage. Now, this, all I need to do really is read out the IMDb synopsis of it. And it says, a corrupt right-wing militia group, okay, chooses a California teacher as the ideal specimen to clone for its army. A right-wing militia group chooses a California teacher, which is, of course, Gary Daniels. And he gets all juiced up with, with this thing that makes him, well, rage, hence the title. And he goes off on this 
action spree where I think this has got some of my most favourite action scenes ever. You know, give me multi-million dollar budget films and all of this. Some of the stuff you're going to see in this defies belief. It, and it is it is relentless. Yeah, it's it's it, that is true. It yeah. is. Isn't it just... Is this one that's said at Christmas as well at some point? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah. 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 In the shopping centre. Yeah. It's oh my god, full on action. And even you know, I could even argue it's not even one of those that's so bad. It's good. It's just that it's a lower budget. I think it's just a fucking good action film. You know what I mean? And there's. There's ones that are, people tout higher than this, but yeah, Rage, mate, is uh, well Rage. worth watching. Mm-hmm. Okay, my final one is Chuck Norris. Oh, yes. Enforced Vengeance. Oh. It's one of my all time, like, it is my favourite Chuck Norris film. It's awful. It's like Hong, like Hong Kong before the, uh, while the British still own it. Like, bad British accents. Like, Chuck Norris narrates a film. It's so quotable. It's so like daft, and then like it's stopped. The, there's like just a oh, brutal rape scene in it, and then it goes back to being daft again. It's <laughs> it's just great. Forced vengeance. Oh, nice Chuck as well. It's good to have Chuck yeah. in the list. Uh, well, my final one then, 1988, and stars Gary Busey. Oh, it's bulletproof. It's, oh, nice. it's it's Busey versus a shitload of terrorists, uh, and Busey's character is uh, well, he is bulletproof. He's had uh, thirty nine bullets in him, of which he removes and keeps in a jar because you know it's fucking Gary Busey, isn't it? And he can do that. He could do it anyway. Doesn't even need to be in a film, and I'm sure he could do that. Uh, and again, it's just crazy shit happens in it. Busey just chews the scenery like only he can. This is he made this straight after. Um, well, I'm saying he made it. It came out straight after Lethal Weapon, so you know he was riding high from that. He plays the saxophone in it. You know he's he's, he's gentle. <laughs> he's a gentle soul at heart, but fuck me, he can take a, you know a shitload of punishment and dish it out as well. So yeah, I'm sure there's people out there that have never heard of it. And again, first time viewing with these films, oh, you've got so many treats in store. Bulletproof, 1988, Gary Busey. Yeah. I think we've given Michael some there that he's definitely not heard of, do you? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, people listening as well have been pausing us and, you know, writing these down as we go along. I hope so. Yeah. And again, I'd love to hear from anybody that that does watch any of these. Just, you know, tweet us our thoughts, email us your thoughts, and, uh, yeah, we'll read them out and respond to them. Because that'll be kind of fun, and if you've got any recommendations, I think that'd be cool as well, mate, wouldn't it? You know, anybody got any recommendations for us? And uh, yeah, send us those in too, because we're always up for stuff like that. <laughs> oh, right then, shall we take a minute to recover before we uh, come back with our two film picks? Let's do that. Okay. You're hungry again, aren't you? There's no need to worry, Trumpy. You like that name, don't you, Trumpy? I'm your friend, and I won't let anyone hurt you. Trumpy. Hello. (laughs) Hey, look. Look what I got for you. Oh, boy. 
You sure are greedy, aren't you? Wow, if you keep drinking milk like that, you're gonna grow really big and strong. Then we can play together. You know what playing is, Trumpy? Hmm. No? I'll teach you. We're gonna have such fun. Okay, my first time watch uh, movie I picked this month is from Spain or France or both. <laughs> um, it first surfaced, sorry for that lack of, it first surfaced in France in uh, December 1983. Um, it's directed by Juan Piquet Simone um, and the title on Wikipedia is called Report People, but the title on Amazon Prime is Extraterrestrial Visitors. It's also known as Los Nuevos Extraterrestres. Um, literally the new extraterrestrials. Um, this is one of them. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah, it it sort of like, I don't think much came of it when it came out in the 80s, early 80s, but then it was um, re-released in the early 90s and picked up by that Mystery Science Theatre 3000 thing, the place that takes the piss out of all the films. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's a film... Um, obviously, we what it's dubbed, dubbed it's, to death. It's horrendously that. dubbed. <laughs> yeah. So basically, this was going to be a horror film, um, and you can see that in it. Um, this was just going to be like a, a straightforward horror film about some sort of alien on a rampage, and you yeah. can see, you can absolutely see, like especially at the start, like yeah, this is what this is going to be. But because um, a year earlier, uh, the Steven Spielberg film E.T was such a success. Uh, didn't reach everyone, no. Uh, <laughs> um, they decided to um, add in a plot or characters, a child and a lovable alien, much like uh, Drew Barrymore and E.T. Um, the child is not as wonderful and adorable as Drew Barrymore was. <laughs> um, the alien it looks with weird it it's not et um no and yeah this it's yeah (laughs) (laughs) it is a film that is seems to be perpetually covered in fog oh my god mate every from (laughs) the opening scene to the end every time this first sorry this film steps for outside it's to a point where I couldn't tell what was going on. And that wasn't helped by the uh, version on Prime being like 10th gen VHS. Rip. It is. It's awful quality. Uh, that f- whole fog thing is, I don't know. I think it's, you know, the, the director maybe, I think was gifted a dry ice machine just before <laughs> filming started and thought, oh, I've not used one of these before. I'm I'm gonna put like a shitload of of like fog, dry ice, whatever in like every exterior shot, and like you said, it. I think there was like two or three of them, because you'd see in certain parts it'd be really really thick, and you couldn't tell what was going on, and then the actors, and I use the term actors very loosely, would like walk out of it into the bit that wasn't covered by it, and suddenly go clear. But it, it really started to get on my nerves that every exterior shot was just like blanketed in all of this fog for no reason at all as well, apart from maybe to hide 
how the alien looked. <laughs> but you still got a clear look at it. Yeah. It, yeah, that, that was a weird thing, all that fog everywhere. So it starts off with these two, like, poachers of some description. Can't really tell, it's too foggy. Um, <laughs> and this is, like, where the craft lands, and that bit goes on forever. And this is an hour and 24-minute film. It's not a long movie, but, like, when you like when your first scene drags on for so long, like, to a point where I'm just thinking, oh, it's not all going to be just outside, is it? Because I can't really see what's going on. I had to draw my blinds just to try and get a closer, a better yeah. look because the sun was out and stuff. And then, fortunately, that's not the whole film. Uh, we've got this band-ish. Um, they're doing a little song, and they they're going on. Um, they're going to the forest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, you know, every, you know, everything points to this just being a slasher film. Then you're introduced to the boy as well, the child. Yes. Who's like I can't remember his name. I can remember the name he fucking doesn't stop saying. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy well, Tommy is the character. Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. So um he lives in a uh the the, the house in the you know, the forest the secluded house. Um and he um finds this cave which is where the uh, poachers uh found and he takes one of these eggs because these eggs of what's landed basically, these big eggs. Um and it's a creature hatches from an egg and it grows rapidly. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, Tommy decides to nickname it Trumpy. Trumpy. Oh, you didn't forget that name, did you? How did you not forget the Trumpy, Tom? Why is it that you did not forget Trumpy? Because this kid says Trumpy more times than there <laughs> are swears in Goodfellas. <laughs> Trumpy, what are you doing, Trumpy? Where are you going, Trumpy? Where? Like, it's like it's not when you ask someone. Um, Dave, how are you? It's Dave, how are you, Dave? It is. <laughs> Trumpy, what are you doing, Trumpy? Trumpy, where are you going, Trumpy? Trumpy, where are you, Trumpy? Trumpy, 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 Trumpy. Trumpy. <laughs> oh, that annoying kid, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and like badly dubbed, like squeaky high pitched. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and like, like you know, Trumpy can do shit. He's magic. He's got magic powers. Yeah, there's this like, almost like it's almost like the the theme from a magic roundabout playing when he's moving all this stuff around the room. And um, then there's Trumpy's mum who hasn't got a name. Mrs. Mrs. Trumpy. Yeah, Trumpy. <laughs> and she's the one who's. Killing some people. Yeah, yeah. She's seen oh. off the poachers and the and the rock band. I mean, because it's the, it's the three, isn't it? It's the, you know, it's the poachers group, it's the rock band group, and it's Tommy. Who those three threads of the story and Trumpy. And Trumpy they all con- they all converge at the end. Yeah, pretty much. Like, and none of these, none of it goes anywhere really. Um, like. I don't know, like, you know, they've shoehorned in Tommy and Trumpy for the ET thing, but it's not, it's not violent or gruesome or anything. Well, I can't tell. It might have been really violent and gruesome in the outside scenes. <laughs> <laughs> might yeah. have been disgusting. <laughs> but, but that, um, that damn fog. No. Yeah, too much fog. Yeah. Um, but no, it's just like, it's not, re- it's not really a slasher film. 
it's not really like an ET rip off. Like you can tell obviously that the they got the idea to do that from ET, but yeah. It's not like a rip off. It's just shit. <laughs> <laughs> giving the game away there, Tom. Giving the game away. Sorry, sorry. I, I was I was struggling for words there and that's probably anyone uh, it was that or Trumpy. It's just Trumpy. Trumpy. Trumpy who can because it, it's when Tommy's looking through the through his telescope and all of a sudden he can see like wildlife in Africa through it. Thanks to Yeah, that's how telescopes work. Is it? Oh my god, I need to get one now. <laughs> so I can see wildlife in Africa from here in Wales. That'd be that'd be cool. Uh it did yeah, I know, because with you saying, you know, it started off as, as like this more hardcore sort of gory alien killer on the loose kind of thing it did have a little bit of a vibe of and we and this is one film we talked about in its pitch house is without warning with um oh. jack palance and martin lando which was not as good as i remember it being i know when we revisited it and it was awful compared to my memories of it um, but it did have sort of that sort of feel to it and yeah and then that weird mix-up of when like you, you know, you said at the beginning that ET was popular and they went down that route was, yeah, nothing sort of really comes together at all. And there's such, no. I don't want, but you mentioned the rock band and them singing a song, um, and it's here that I'd like to play a little game with anybody listening to us, mate, because what I want them to do is to picture the band singing, and the, the song is, uh, it's almost like a fifties rock and roll type vibe isn't it the song that they're singing it's got that sort of feel to it and the game that we're going to play is let's complete the lyrics of the song so <clears throat> here we go the singer and he go i'm not going to sing it i mean would, people would just turn off straight away you're all over the place um oh actually no sorry that's my wrong notes because the singer, this is before the, the actual lyrics bit, he's, he's going on about the to the backing singers, the female backing singers. He's going, you're all over the place. They weren't singing. They were dancing. And he pulls them up for being all over the place dancing. Right, here we go. Complete the lyrics. All I want to feel is the wind in my blank. And you'd think this would be a shoo-in, really, wouldn't you? <laughs> you really would. All I want to feel is the wind in my and we'll just yeah you'd say hair you'd say hair wouldn't you all i want to feel is the wind in my hair there you go no all i want to feel is the wind in my eyes <laughs> eyes who wants to feel the wind in their eyes it's like what and i thought it can't even be like a mistake in the translation you can't get hair and eyes mixed up there's no language where they're similar it's like I don't know, did he go to an optician for an eye test? And you know that thing where it blows blows that puff, uh -huh, of, yeah. puff of air in, into your eyes? I don't know, maybe he gets off on that. And, you know, it's it's a song about going to the opticians or something. But, yeah, if anybody guessed eyes, well, then, I, I don't know. We'll send you a prize. Uh, or maybe this we won't. on DVD. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Um, oh... The poacher at the beginning that finds the eggs and he picks one up and he hears a bit of movement 
and he throws it on the floor and he sees like a slimy sort of thing in it and then he starts twatting all the other big eggs with a stick thinking these eggs obviously have come out of something pretty big because they're big eggs and yeah. he's just destroying them and certainly he gets what he deserves nobody there's no character in this in this film i think with like any common sense whatsoever is there yeah, there's no one likable in it either nobody nobody likable at all you just go in and people you know it's no spoiler people get killed yeah it's fine kill some yeah. yeah go on mrs trumpy kill some more we don't we... Um, to be honest like in slasher movies like you want them to die like you in, in your classics you're just like oh god these are such pains in me else in this you're just like you just don't even care it's just like no yeah. they're dead not like oh yeah they got it yeah they deserve that or anything like well but you know the guy who the eggs had it coming but yeah but like, like character wise there's just nothing really there about anyone there's nothing like you said the kid is annoying uh there's a scene i think it's with his dad and his dad's saying something about because the kid's got a load of pets, hasn't he? He's got like a little kitten and he's got a bird. And he's yeah, got little... he collects animals. He's, yeah, and they're all in cages and this, that and the other. And one of them's he's got a pet caterpillar. And his dad says something about, oh, and your caterpillar. And this kid gets really fucking stroppy with him in his squeaky bloody voice and says, oh, it's not a caterpillar. It's a... And then he comes out with this like, really long Latin word for caterpillar. And then his dad says something like, no, no, it's a caterpillar. And then the kid again, no, it's not a caterpillar, it's a blah, 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 blah. And he's thinking, shut the fuck up. Because he was like, immediately so annoying. So you think he's like really, you know, he's an intelligent kid. But it got towards the end of the film with Trumpy, who's got, I don't know, imagine like, say, Alf from the, you know, the, the TV show way back when with the alien. Yeah, yeah, Alf. yeah I, was, I was reminded of Alf a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit of that, as though, I don't know, Alf shagged an anteater. It's like a, it's like one of those, and a bear. Yeah, I think it happened in season four, episode six. <laughs> <laughs> Alf and the anteater. When that romantic song of, of, I just want to feel the wind in my eyes was playing in the background. Yeah, yeah, that makeup music. Oh my God, that would get anybody hot, that's for sure. And, uh, but Tom said they're trying, they're trying to get Trumpy, the kid's trying to get Trumpy out. So to disguise him, he puts him in a Parker coat. With, yeah, brilliant. With, with this long snout sticking out of like the hood of this Parker. And I was I'm, thinking, oh, is this the the ET bit where they, you know, like, you know, they, they, the kids dressed him up as a little old lady, um, <laughs> uh, which which you may not know because you've never seen I ET. But, I, no, I don't know. I don't know. And, uh, no, they just put a Parker on him. Oh my god. Ugh. Poor Trumpy. Did why you... do they call it, like like he? Why did they call him? He call him Trumpy. It's Trunky because he's got a trunk. That would make more sense, unless I don't know. Maybe he had severe flatulence. Maybe that is all the fog everywhere. We could have solved it. It's Trumpy's alien farts, and that's why he's called Trumpy. There you go. It's done. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh it, did you watch this in one sitting, mate? I need to know that. Yeah, yeah, I did it. You did? <laughs> I did it. <laughs> oh, God, I had to do it in two sittings. 
Um, an 84 minute field in two sittings that speaks volumes I think that's just giving yours away yeah I think it has really um, I'm out of stuff to say about this one mate I'm all out I think yeah I've covered yeah, it's not, I, know, I didn't think it was going to be a long one <laughs> um, so yeah the first time watch go on then mate is it one that you would rewatch? it's not one I would rewatch. no absolutely not no I wouldn't really either at all and you know we talked at the beginning didn't we you know with action films so bad the good and this this science fiction ones like that all sorts this is just so bad it's just awful it really is awful and seems way longer than 84 minutes <laughs> it really does i don't think it felt longer than 84 minutes didn't it you know, oh it did yeah, for me. I think it felt about right but it was shit yeah it was shit so yeah no rewatch here Right then, let's uh, let's move on to what is a rewatch for us, and uh, yeah, let's go back to uh, a visit with Michael Myers. I shot him six times. I shot him in the heart. He's not human. Universal Pictures presents Halloween Two. More of the night he came home. There was nothing within him, neither conscience nor reason that wasn't even remotely human. Some kind of a joke? I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. Janet, go tell Mr. Garrett we're having trouble with the fellows. There is no place to hide. He will always find you. What's this? It's a Celtic word. It means the Lord of the Dead. and it's Halloween 2 and you may well remember the reason that I picked it is that uh, the new Halloween came out and it was back end of last year which was a sequel to the original Halloween uh, as though nothing had happened in between the first one and that one that was released 40 years later so I thought it'd be you know a bit interesting to revisit Halloween 2 because I hadn't watched it in so long all I could remember about it mate 
was the first bit. You know, they just continued from where Halloween finished. That's all. Yeah. I couldn't remember anything else about it whatsoever. So uh, it was almost like a first time watch. But I knew, you know, even though I'd seen it a few times in the past, nothing had been, you know, no retention of anything to do with it. I thought it'd be good to compare and contrast. What is the yeah. best? What is the better sequel? You know, in our minds, you know, with should we just go from number one, forty year gap to the the one that came out last year, or are you best watching one and two together? So, I mean, what did you think of the film that came out last year, mate? Well, I really liked it actually, and timing wise, for the UK at least, this is quite a good episode to uh, um, do it because uh, it's out on Blu-ray. If this comes out on Sunday, it's out on Blu-ray um, UK tomorrow. So, oh, perfect. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed um, uh, Halloween 2018. I thought it was a good like continuation of the original uh, thing. You know, like Michael Myers. Like, obviously, we're going to get into spoilers for Halloween, Halloween 2, and Halloween 2018 here. Yeah. Uh, the only thing is, obviously, like at the end of Halloween, he's gone. But in Halloween 2018, he's locked up in an asylum. Um, but yeah, I just thought I yeah I thought it was a really strong film. Yeah, I. I looking back on it now as i was watching it i thought it was it was all right um it wasn't as good as i was hoping it was going to be uh the one thing that really pissed me off about it and again spoilers if you haven't seen it is the whole thing to do with the sort of safe room that laurie made in oh, yeah. underneath the kitchen and where all the guns were stored and where she trained her daughter and all of that went on yeah uh i thought it was kind of pointless really it, it was not needed and was it was all of that was it did they do it as some sort of elaborate because it ended up as as like michael myers got trapped in it was that the plan all along that they were gonna entice him into this room into in their house in their kitchen that they were gonna get him in and then blow him up through that well, then, if you were going to do that, why would you store all your weapons there? And hmm. and if you're training your daughter with weapons and everything, well, then why not just take her out into some woods and all of this? That didn't sit right with me. It just, I don't know, it just seemed to be put in there for a reason that didn't click with me at all. Um, and that was, that was really the weakest point for me. It was nice to see um, Jamie Lee Curtis back. Uh, and good to see her, you know, kicking a little bit of arse again. That's always good to see. Um, it was gory, that's for sure. Yes, it didn't let up on that. It didn't let up on the gore. It There was just something missing from it that, again, didn't sit right with me. The main thing being that safe room, but the whole, the whole, the film as a whole, I don't know, there was a, a certain X factor that, that wasn't right. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. You know, I didn't think it was a bad film by any stretch of the imagination. So then watching this one, number two, which, you know, as we said, carries straight on from, you know, from Halloween. Uh, <laughs> I, get, I got so distracted by Jamie Lee Curtis's wig. It was like, you know, just whenever she was on screen. And she's not in it as much as I remember her being in it. Like 20, 25 minutes, uh, I guess. Out of an hour and a half. It's I a, that's what it felt like. It didn't even feel like half an hour she was in it. She was gone for ages. She was there at the start, 
been a little bit saying then obviously near the end but yeah there was long long stretches where she just wasn't in it yeah i mean i'm sure i mean because i picked up well i went to watch it i got um it must have been one of the first dvds i bought me because it was region one and when i first got a dvd player that you know you had to buy region one and yeah. it was in one of the old snap cases, you know, with like the cardboard front. And yeah, you, you, snappers, yeah. Yeah, it was one of those. And I put it on the TV. And the picture, because we've got like a big telly now, obviously it was different. You know, it'd be like an old CRT 4.3 TV when I got the, the yeah. DVD player. It just sort of sat in the middle of the television and didn't fill yeah. the whole screen and all of it. And it was completely bare bones. And I thought, well, this is, you know, it's a good excuse to, to finally upgrade. So I bought the 30th anniversary... Um, blu-ray of it which of course looks a lot better yes and it's it's got a great extra on it that i didn't know um, because i owned this on vhs terror in the isles documentary with donald pleasance in it oh i've heard of that yeah i've never seen it oh yeah i used to love that on vhs and then when i saw that it was one of the extras on the blu-ray i was like made up really was made up Mm, yes well it's worth getting just for that alone um so yeah it surprised me uh, with jamie lee curtis not being in it that much uh and a bad wig, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also surprised me. I mean, Halloween is... It's big on atmosphere. It's slow-paced, and it builds up to these scenes. This is slow-paced, mate. I don't know, you know, what you thought of it, but there, there seemed to be seemed to be a lot of padding in it and, and quite a few bits that seemed a little bit TV movie-ish as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that, actually. Yeah, it certainly wasn't like again. This was only a short film; it's only a ninety-minute film. But mm. uh, yeah, there was a lot of like just like driving around with Loomis for ages, and you know the stuff. You know when Jamie Lee Curtis wasn't on the, in in it, you had a lot going on, and there wasn't. I mean, that's there the was thing. Like a budget feel to it, and like it's probably one of it. Like I remember seeing this thing about like John Carpenter saying he was drinking quite a lot just to get through the writing of it. <laughs> Like they got he got away with not having to direct it, and um, yeah. but they did want him and Deborah Hill to write it. Um, so it's probably one of the weaker films he's written. Um, and it's just yeah, it's too. And it's just like because Halloween was Halloween, and mm. this just feels like a, a really like like there's some deep, like all right bits in it, but this really just feels like a generic slasher now. It does, yeah, and a definite. Like, whereas Michael Myers in the first one was just walking around stabbing people, yeah. and pretty much that's what he's doing in the new in the newer one. Here he's turning the heat up on the hot tub, uh, not the hot tub, the the uh, what? I suppose it is a hot tub, isn't it? Yeah, in the hospital the, there. The, yeah. the hospital, like, but fair fucks to him actually for getting a hot tub into a fucking hospital scene just to get some nudity into it. But... <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just like he was doing things, you know, like he's not just mindlessly stabbing. Yeah, sort of inventive kills that became... Yeah, it wasn't really, like, never really struck me as Michael Myers. No. No, it's not. The whole, when he's got, was it like a scalpel and he he sticks it into into somebody's back and lifts them up with just the scalpel and... Yeah, like, like visually, um, that looks good. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of it visually looks good because um, Dean Cundy, who was, was like his carpenters, who was carpenters like cinematographer basically, mm. still shot it and everything. Like the scene where he lifts that nurse up with a scalpel and her like her shoes fall off looks really cool. Mm. 
but again it's not really a michael myers thing to do and it's just all it, it just seems like it's a continuation like i know it literally is a continuation from the first film it's the same night but it's just like is this needed yeah it was is this needed yeah it, it did really smack of a cash in on the success of the first one. Oh, that's made a lot of money quick, let's... Yeah, you know. like, Donald Pleasant is doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. But with a different cop, because, um, what's-his-face, the cop, you know, his daughter's killed, so he's gone quite early. Um, and then he's just driving around and looking around again. Yeah. And Jamie Lee Curtis is running away again. <laughs> again. And they've just got to try and find a reason. Like, well, obviously... Jamie Lee Curtis is going to hospital, mm-hmm. so they've just got to try and find a way to get these people, kill these people off at a hospital, and it's just like, oh, you could not, you could not, yeah. And this, and this, this is the where the reveal comes out because I remember watching because oh, Halloween, the first Halloween came out on 4K, so we picked that up a few months ago, and me and Tina rewatched it, and I remember watching it with her, and she went. I'm sure Laurie was like Michael Myers' sister. And it's like, no, 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 she's not. And then it finished and she went, well, I could have sworn like she was his sister. And then number two happens. And then this is where you get the explanation that, oh, she's his sister. And then she was going, that's where I found out. So that was that was sort of shoehorned in a little bit, I think. And it was... Yeah, mm. that, yeah, yeah, really was actually like... Yeah, she was having the like the sort of dreams or nightmares. Yeah, and uh, it's just um, it was just like, oh yeah, I don't really know what the deal with how they presented that whole thing. Obviously, that's something that's disregarded. Hmm. But um, yeah, I think, and I'm assuming your your question is coming. Like, what is the better way to watch it? Yeah, I honestly think it's a new one. Because I just think it works better having her 40 years on. She's gone through hell. She's sort of like psychologically damaged by it. She's taken that out on her daughter and all of this. And while it's not perfect, I think it's a better film than Halloween Turn. I think it just tells a better story rather than just the same thing happens again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for those reasons, I think the, um, the new one's a better story. And this is like... It's watchable, and there's like I said, some cool moments, but and the score's good because he's still, you know, he's still doing the music. Oh yeah, yeah. With Alan Howarth as well, so yeah. like it's the same theme, but with like a a plinkier, plonkier twist on it. <laughs> uh, I did think of you. I was just like, oh, it's a, it goes a bit plinky in places. Oh yeah, Dave's gonna get wound up. Bit plinky, plonky. <sighs> yeah, if you'd have asked me, mate, after watching last year's Halloween, um, which was the you know the better sequel the best one to watch after the first one i'd have said this one that we've watched you know the the 1981 version but having rewatched it now you know what i'm with you i think you are better watching watch the original and then go okay there's been this 40 year gap this is laurie strode now and this is what's happened i think that works better as a sequel than this one does the one big thing that really disappointed me with this one was the lack of menace from Michael Myers. He was in the first one. I mean, to do with Carpenter's direction. Yeah. Which must have a lot to do with it. You know, the way, the way that it's filmed, uh, because he was, you know, 
chilling and you were just like on the edge of your seat and thinking, oh, fuck. And, you know, and again, not a lot really happens in Halloween. Yeah. Of this one, even less happens. And then when Michael Myers is on screen and you brought it up, mate, didn't you? That I think this the menace is replaced by, oh, it's an inventive kill instead. You know, they, yeah. they swap one for the other. Yeah, you say about the menace, when he stabs Loomis, it's just like, my God, what a half-assed... <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's just like, oh, like, just all this, oh, just like limply just shoves the knife towards his stomach. Yeah. It's like, that looks shit. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not as good as I remember it. And yeah, it's well. At least you've got your documentary on it. Yeah, it was worth it for that alone. It really yeah. was, and it, you know, it's nice to see it in a nice, nice picture on Blu-ray. Yeah, but I watched it on. Um, well, it's not on Prime. It's got one of the one of the channels on Prime Stars. Okay, uh, yeah. I got like a three month free trial, and I noticed on there, and I was just like, oh, it'll probably be in HD and all that because I've got the DVD, which I think is like widescreen. Yeah, and I put it on, and it was just full screen. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can't be bothered to get up and put the DVD on. Yeah. I stuck now, so you watched it in far better uh, quality than I did. Yeah. Well, as a as a rewatch, mate, is it one that was worth rewatching? Yeah, I would say it was worth rewatching, hmm. and I'll probably rewatch it again at some point down the line. Yeah, I think I would. It's... When I'm watching all the sequels again, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's just what I was going to say. Just for that. Though. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you do a run through a franchise, and you go, okay, then. I feel like watching all of the Halloweens in the next week or two or whatever. I think that, yeah, that would be the next time that I would watch it. Of course, obviously, now this Halloween 2018 has disregarded all the sequels. The only other Halloween movie, apart from Halloween 1978 and Halloween 2018, that's canon, is Season of the Witch, because Michael Myers isn't in it. Yes. <laughs> that's yeah. Now, that's what I've got a balls-out special edition Blu-ray for. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I need to pick them up. It has inspired me to get... Because uh, I've got... I don't think I've got all of them. I think I'm missing one. I've got them on DVD. Yeah. But I would like to upgrade. Um, yeah, I got the... Um, I think it was Amazon in Spain. I got the uh, Season of a Witch one from because um, Tom Atkins was at the Comic-Con last year, so I got him to sign that. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's... A well, legend. <laughs> yes. God, that's well worth keeping. That's for sure. Oh, well, okay. So that was, yeah, it was, it was all right. I think of the two films that we talked about in this one, there was nothing, neither were absolutely incredible, but, you know, I think obviously Halloween 2 was the better of, of the two. Because <laughs> uh, you wonder if there's people out there that are huge fans of the extraterrestrial visitors. You think there might be? There's, You know what? Every single film out there, somebody's favourite. Ah, yeah, that's true. Fair enough. And good on them. And if you're listening to this and Extraterrestrial Visitors is your favourite film, and ha- fun, fuck it, Halloween 2 is your favourite film, let us know why. Yeah, yeah, do it, please. I <laughs> <laughs> a slightly manic. Let us know why. <laughs> <laughs> do it now. <laughs> right then, on to the next month's picks then. It's my turn for the first time watch. And yes, I uh, have dug into the depths of Amazon Prime once again. <laughs> <laughs> the cold shiver comes across Tom. Uh, it's from 1988. It's currently listed as a 4.8 on IMDb, which, come on, mate, that's pretty high. Pretty high yeah. That is pretty high. Uh, it's called Top Line, and it stars Franco Nero and Mary Starvin. Now, 
Tina's a big fan of, of Franco Nero. She, right. uh, yeah, she's quite fancies him, really. She'll watch anything that is in. She's never seen it either. We're flicking through and she went, Franco Nero, I've not seen that. And I haven't seen it. And it's something to do with UFOs, aliens, um, all sorts. It, the cover of it looks a bit sort of... The cover looks like a, a book, like an adventure book. It does. It does. So well, Kennedy's in it as well. So yeah, you... well, they seem to be floating. <laughs> in it. The, uh, the the girl and uh, Franco Nero. Yeah. So maybe they got. Yeah. If, if, if Franco Nero ends up flying in this, that'll be good. Then, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe Trumpy has given him magic powers that he oh, can fly. <laughs> maybe the alien is Trumpy. Has come back in this. <laughs> So, yeah, if anybody wants to watch along, uh, well, in the UK, at least on Amazon Prime, it's uh, top line. So that's my first first pick for the first time watch. Okay. Well, my pick for a rewatch is um, a film from 1986, and it's got a 5.0 on IMDb. Ooh. So uh, a little higher than yours. Yeah. And uh, it's a Chuck Norris. Oh, better Chuck. Yeah, it's got Louis Gossett Jr. in it, Melody Anderson, Will Sampson, Sonny Landham, John Reese davis directed by J. Lee Thompson. Mm. It is Firewalker. Oh, another that I have not seen since back in the days of VHS. Another great poster as well. So, uh, <laughs> it's a canon. And, um, yeah, I guess if you want to watch one of that, um, I've got the 101 Films uh, Blu-ray of it in their sale. So uh, I don't think their sale's on anymore, but I'm sure you can find it. At a decent price. Oh yeah. Online somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, I how, I've got most Chuck Norris films on VHS, but I've got a, like the Danish DVD of it because I couldn't find it anywhere when I was looking for a DVD. Wow. So um yeah, so now I've upgraded to Blu-ray. So uh, yeah, looking forward to revisiting this Indiana Jones style romp. Yeah, I think that yeah, I think they're both sort of in that vein, aren't they? That we're yeah, watch. just by the posters, they look similarly themed. So it's a little, uh, a little, almost a little themed show for March. Yes. <laughs> so well, I think we're, we're pretty certain of the Chuck one being good, you know, because fuck, fuck me, it's Chuck. I think the wild card is is top line. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Uh, right then, the end of another show. Um, say people are listening to this depending on well you'd think if they'd listened to them in the order that they come out they'd have listened to us with our lloyd kaufman show that came out yes. the previous day which was fun to to revisit that and like we said in that one lots more interviews coming out soon um yeah the, the one that you've picked for the next one mate it, i remember that being a lot of fun as well and i can't wait to to listen back to that because yeah yeah that's been a while since that one came out as well well they all have really I well guess. yeah yeah so yeah, I'm looking forward to getting stuck into that and having a chat about it on the new uh, the new intro that we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, obviously until then, there's the the website sixty minuteswith.co.uk, Twitter and Instagram sixty minutes with. Follow all of those uh, for different reasons because there's lots of shit happening on them all. Uh, that, yeah, that's about it, mate. I, I enjoyed the chat again as always. Yeah, it's been love. I've enjoyed the new uh, top ten. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, yeah, some a uh, couple of ideas to go away with to watch to add to the ever growing pile of stuff. Uh, I know the, the the titles you were saying. I've got I've got to revisit some of them, mate. And uh, yeah, I am just fine with time. Uh, I know it's hard, but they, yeah, just to 
goes to show, doesn't it? You know how much uh, undiscovered gold is out there if you look for it as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure you know at some point in the future we'll come across another one <laughs> that blows we're due. us. I think we're due. We are due. I'm trying to think. What was the last? What was the last sort of gem that we found? No, I know I did some at Halloween. Um, we had a movie night at Andrews at Halloween, which was all three of them were so bad they were good. But mm. yeah, but nothing like your shotguns and your Samurai cops and uh, yeah, they're definitely due. Although I did, I did love Don't Open Till Christmas. <laughs> I think that might be it actually. Yeah, well, yeah, not in the same league, but mm. you know, it bubbled under quite nicely. It yeah, did. yeah, it's one of those that would be like an honourable mention in the list wouldn't it <laughs> who knows it might be top line yeah it could be couldn't it you yes. never know, oh, Mate, know. I, I sent you a list of uh, cult movies on Amazon it, it, it chance <laughs> are, it's going to be in there somewhere <laughs> yeah I'm going to have a scroll through that a bit later mate, now. yeah you'll be like you'll go down memory lane on that I will Paul do now <laughs> Paul Tina oh no I'm going to get I'm going to get some shit for sending oh, you that oh mate this, yeah you're going to get a shit for all sorts now that'll be it I can just blame you for anything now That's it's, well, Tom, Tom sent me this list that's it yeah, yeah it was on the list yeah. I you could, it's not even on Prime it was on the list <laughs> <laughs> why did you buy 20 quid Blu-ray of it it was on the list it was on the list he made me Tom made me that was it <laughs> 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 my excuse for anything that appears through the post now Tom made me buy it <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's done. Yeah. Oh, right. Until uh, until next time, as always, I say a quick goodbye and leave you to uh, finish off the show, mate. And somehow, every time I forget, that <laughs> is my solemn duty to leave. And oh, fucking hell! <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm not saying anything. No. <laughs> Thanks.